Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Wednesday, November 15th, and we are here trying to help you make sense of the world at large, at least the economic part of the world, your personal finance part of the world, or anything else on your mind. If you've got a question, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, let us know if you want to come on the air. And uh, just thought that we might do a quick little update on inflation because we got the October CPI report out. And uh, it was a good report. We saw that prices, price in, as, as expressed by the Consumer Price Index, came in at a 3.2% annualized pace, better than expected, by the way. I thought we were going to get maybe 36 or so. Um, and the core rate, which pulls out food and energy, uh, that was up 4% from a year ago. It was the smallest increase in two years since September of 2021. Now, because Mark loves this part of it, he likes to pull out all the fun little things that happen during the month and the year. So um, gas prices were down 5% for, during the month, which is why the the numbers went down. That meant that energy prices are down 4.5% year over year. Food prices are still up 3.3%. Uh, you know, at home, 2.1%. If you go out to dinner, it's going to cost you 5.4% more. Okay, let's say you want to buy a used car. Prices down by 7.1%. Wow. New cars up by 1.9%. These are the annualized numbers. Mark, I don't know if you saw this. The increase in car insurance, 19.2% from a year ago. Oh, I believe it. I just got my new premium and it never goes down. But 19%. Now they say it's because there's more accidents, more people are driving. It's a COVID thing. Da, 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 da. Who knows? Mark, stop eating beef and veal, which I know you've pulled back on, up 8.9% from a year ago. Eggs are down 22%. So all those people who asked me to do egg segments on the air, I'm so glad I didn't. Uh, now, what is still posing a big problem in these numbers is shelter, which still shows a 6.7% increase from a year ago. It's 70% of the core rate. So I don't know. There's something weird going on with that shelter index. Overall, what can we tell you? We can say, you know what? This is a good report. It really, it really is a, 
a very good report. It, we're not done yet. And the Fed's going to come out and they're going to say, oh, no, we're not done. And we have to get to our 2% desired target rate. And um, I wrote a blog post over this past weekend calling this the last mile problem. You know, like when you punch in an order on your Amazon browser and you say, buy this, it's like basically travels like hundreds or thousands of miles very quickly, but it's the last mile of getting the product to you that's pretty expensive and often where something goes wrong, right? They leave it at the wrong door, it gets mangled, whatever. Now for the Fed, the last mile, that is getting inflation from the rate where we are today, this 3.2% overall or 4% at the core, down to the target of 2%. I think it's going to take a lot more it's going to take more months. I don't think they're going to raise rates again, but higher for longer is for real. And uh, I think this is basically a near certainty that the Fed is not raising rates again. They're done. But that does not mean that the Fed is going to drop interest rates anytime soon, though. Mark, I know you're very happy to learn that the 10-year bond is starting to move a little bit and just maybe Mark gets a shot. Too late. Uh, We're already locked in. Well, so you're locked in, but you'll be locked in like for years ahead. You things will be okay. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm officially in the uh, let's cut rates camp. I got ten years. I know you got ten years, and and you you're gonna get a shot. I know you are. All right, let's do some questions from our folks today. This is a question from Reba, who says. Love your show and your calm, soothing way of speaking to your guests. Mark, you know what reminds me? Uh, you were in you were in a radio world um, years ago. Remember Delilah? Delilah. Okay, I'm like the Delilah of finances. Okay. Uh, Reba's 65 years old. She retired three years ago, and she's got a company pension, and she also receives dividends, and that amounts to about $73,000 a year. Okay. She would like to wait for uh, her full retirement age, Social Security, which would be 38,000. So 73 and 38, pretty good. She's got a spouse, 64 years old, retired 10 years ago with a small pension and SSDI. We live in a small coastal town in the Southwest that's been hit by several storms. Net worth is $2 million, no mortgage on a current fully renovated home, no children. Thinking of the possibility of purchasing a second home further in from the coast in the event of another storm, which based on recent internet searches would be between two and $500,000. Thought it may be prudent to sign a short-term lease on a property that we could possibly purchase just to get a feel of the area before a property commitment. That's good. I would do that. The only other concern is that this eventual purchase may affect funds that would be needed for future long-term care. Hmm. I have a small long-term care policy in force. My husband has been deemed uninsurable by long-term care. Our investment advisor uh, said that a monthly income of $10,000 should be enough to support the two-home idea, which we should have when I start my social security. So sometimes I think this is a feasible idea. Other times I think it's ridiculous. My husband's open to it. Curious to your thoughts. Uh, you know, I'm open to it also. Are we sure you want to keep what you have? I mean, I like the idea of first just try before you buy. So I like the idea of renting. And I think that you should be able to swing it. But I just wonder if maybe do you really want two homes? 
That's the question to ask. Well, let's see what it goes. See how you like it. Let's do that. Let's see how you feel after renting for a year. So let's see. And then we can make a determination whether you could do it or not. Oh, here we go. Uh, Mike is listens to us on Wood Radio in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I will be 62 next year. I have a half a million dollars in a 401k, 150000 in cash, and another 45000 in a Roth. I'm single, no debt. My social security payment will be $2,000 a month. I don't spend a lot of money. In fact, all of my bills, car and home insurance, utilities, taxes, food, Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, and general maintenance comes out to $15,700 a year. Can I retire with working part-time, like maybe 20 hours a week to help pay for the health insurance? Mark, can 62-year-old Mike retire next year? Yeah, Mike, you got you got your two grand a month of Social Security going to cover your needs. You're going to rock and roll. Don't claim, but I will say this. One of the things that I would be hope to convey to you is that if you could just do this, you can retire next year. You work part-time. And then pull the money that you need to spend out of your 401k. Pay whatever tax you have to pay. Let's delay claiming your social security until you're 67, your full retirement age. You're going to be happier for doing that. It's going to be a bigger amount. And we're going to get some money out of that 401k and pay the tax that's due on it while you're still in a low tax bracket. That's my game plan for you. All right. This is from Mr. C. Mr. C. Do you know what that reference? Mr. C. Mr. Cunningham, like from uh, Happy Days, Mark. Okay. Mr. C says, I love the show. I'm 66 years old. I worked 60 years for the civil service and as a public servant. While I was working, I enrolled in a 401k with Voya and that's their deferred comp. I have $700,000 in the account. I've never tapped it. I also have a Roth with Fidelity, $100,000 in the account. The limit for me and my age, $7,000. I work part-time for a security company. I would like to roll over the Voya account to Fidelity, which offers more options for me and my wife. She is also retired. She doesn't bring in as much as I do on my government pension. Am I doing the right thing by by rolling over? I want to make money before the RMD kicks in. Will I take a tax hit? Will this hurt my account? I don't think Voy is doing or offering me enough options. And then Mr. C says, I want to hit the million dollar mark before I turn 72. Get over that mark. Forget about it. It's silly. Um, You can do a direct rollover with Fidelity from Voya. What you do is you speak to someone at Fidelity. Say, I've got my Roth IRA here. I've got this old $700,000 account at Voya, and I want to open up a rollover IRA account. That's what you're going to ask for. The money will roll in as cash. Then you get to invest it how you see fit. I would like to point out something that maybe you're not considering. We just talked about this with another question. And that is that maybe before you have RMDs kick in, that you start pulling some of the money out of your retirement account just to get some of the tax paid while you are still in this low tax bracket. So I think that's what I would do. It's a good problem to have. Roll it on over and uh, get that money working. And all your money's now in one place, Mr. C. So good luck to you. Okay. Last question, Mark. This is from Luna. The subject is forced to retire at 60. Can I afford to buy a house? Okay. Hi, Jill and Mark. I was forced to retire at 60 when I was laid off. Shocked at first. 
I'm really enjoying the freedom after decades in a high-stress sales job. I've been a renter for most of my life, except for owning a co-op for a few years. But I would like to buy a place at a 55-plus community for the next phase of my life. Do you think I can afford it? Rents in my area are about $1,800. My net worth is about $1.9 million. It's half a million in brokerage, some money in a Roth, a bunch of money in an IRA, and a bunch of money in cash. I'm not partnered. I have no dependents. A house in this community would be three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand dollars. Home ownership association fees in the three hundred dollar range. My social security pension will be uh, thirty four hundred dollars at age sixty seven. Thanks for your insight. And I realize Jill will be asking me to work more, but that's unlikely. <laughs> All right. All right. So you're sixty. You're retired. You know what you didn't actually say? How much money you need to live on. I mean, that's one critical piece of the picture that's missing. So do I think it's like a terrible idea to burn up a bunch of money from your cash and your brokerage account? No, but you haven't told me how much money you spent. And so if in addition to the rent, you're spending a lot of money and you're not working, then you're going to need to really change your spending habits. But Otherwise, yeah, I think it's doable. I really do. I don't think it's a, anything that's, I don't think that would be a, an issue that's going to blow up your financial life. But do check out that community and be very careful because a lot of those 55 plus communities are not really 55 plus, ladies and gentlemen, they're really 75 plus. So be careful what you're walking into because you're walking in and there might be a lot of people who are much older than you and that may not be the best match for you. Okay, that's it. That is the program. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate it. Don't forget to bookmark the JillOnMoney.com website. That way, anytime you have a question, you can just go to it and click the Contact Us button. You can also subscribe to Jill on Money Live. And you can subscribe to this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Please leave us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen and lift someone up. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 